All right, if y'all go ahead and turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. We're going to continue looking at the names of God this morning. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to share something with you that I ran across and just happened to catch my eye this week. Um, I look back on the preaching calendar uh, Buffy sent me back in July. And it had, uh, when we decided we were going to do the names of God, he had it all listed out what each one of us was going to preach between now and the end of the year. So I was looking back through it, and this is what I found. I want to see if y'all see any anything wrong with this. Matthew, bring up the next slide. Y'all look at the names that Buffy's preaching versus the names that I got to preach. This guy's a doctor, and he's a lot smarter than I am. I can barely read. And that, I don't know how I'm going to say those names. So I'm going to be sick those days. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I just wanted y'all to, to see that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, what you said, Miss Brenda. All right. Well, we're going to learn today about one that I can't pronounce, Jehovah Rohi. Or Rohi, I think it's Rohi, but I'm gonna. Uh, it means the Lord my shepherd. The title Rohi means the one who sees where I am. But the common term we know is is shepherd. All right, and shepherding. I'm sure you realize it's one of the earliest jobs a person could have. Uh, Abel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. They were all shepherds. And the responsibility of a shepherd is uh, is to count all the animals, right? That's one of the major responsibilities of a shepherd, to count all the animals and also make sure that none have uh, gone astray. Also, he was to uh, a shepherd was to protect the sheep uh, when he lied down for the night. And what he would do a lot of times uh, back in biblical times is he would uh, he would lead the sheep into a cave, and he would cover the entrance of the cave with brush, and then he would uh, he would lie down and sleep at the entrance of the cave, and he did that because he wanted to be sure that none of the sheep would wander out on their own or that nothing could come in, and if they did start to come in, it would wake him up. He would know what was going on. So uh, he was willing to give up his life for the sheep, so he'd lay in front of that opening uh, to keep the sheep safe. So we find this title, Jehovah-Rohi, in Psalm 23. All right, you all there? It's one of the most uh, common or, uh, or, or most popular scriptures in all the Bible. It's, it's you know mostly read at funerals these days. But Psalm 23, let's stand and read it together. Starting in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for everything that you are, everything that you have ever done for us in our lives. But Lord God, we thank you now, especially for this name of yours, Jehovah-Rohi, my shepherd, my God, my Lord, my shepherd. 
Lord, if you weren't the good shepherd, none of us would uh, none of us would be able to, to, to navigate this life at all. We need a shepherd because we're, we're, we're just like sheep as we're going to see today. So, Lord, uh, what better shepherd to have than the Lord God Almighty? We love you. We thank you. God, I ask you to bless this time. Now I ask you to to empty me of, of anything of myself, uh, anything personal and, uh, uh, and and fill me full of your spirit so that every word that is spoken today from this pulpit be from you directly a word from heaven. We love you. We honor you. We cherish you in the holy, righteous and blameless name of Christ. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So. Sheep historically have a reputation for being what? Stupid. That's right. Less than brilliant. So some scientists, though, as I was studying, uh, I ran across uh, several things. Some scientists are starting to say that sheep are fairly intelligent. The main problem, though, and the reason they seem stupid is because they're they're afraid of just about everything and they get lost easily. But other than that... (laughs) <laughs> that's why they get the bad rap, I guess, of being stupid. But they're defenseless also against predators. They have no defense mechanism to defend them against uh, the predator wolves and, and things that would come in and, and want to kill them. And like I said, they're pretty good at getting lost. Uh, Psalms 23 is, is written from the perspective of what? Huh? Somebody say? A sheep. That's right, a sheep. It's written from the perspective of a sheep. Uh, David, uh, who wrote the psalm, when he was a kid, he didn't have a paper route, right? He didn't work at a gas station. He was, what was his job? He was a shepherd, right? He took care of his dad's sheep. And so he knew all about being a shepherd. And he could have written this psalm from the perspective of being a shepherd, but that's not what he did. He writes from the perspective of being a sheep. And so when when, when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, what does that make him? A sheep, right. Do you know that, that, that we're called sheep in the Bible over 200 times? We are. We're compared to sheep in Scripture over 200 times. Sheep are stupid, right? And, and, and we're called sheep. But, but listen, we should embrace that. We, should. we shouldn't be offended by it. It should be comforting for us to know that, that the Lord is our shepherd, right? He's the one that looks out for us. All right, so here comes, here's our first point. Point number one, our shepherd cares for our needs. Our shepherd cares for our needs. So as sheep, we should be content in our shepherd, right? Verse one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So as Jehovah-Rohi, in Jehovah-Rohi, I have, as a sheep, all my needs fulfilled. Every need that I have, it's fulfilled in the Lord my shepherd. All my material needs, physical, spiritual, emotional, they're all they're all fulfilled. And and so when we're assured of that, when we're so assured of that that Jehovah Rohi has provided for us completely and totally, we should then be what? Content. That's right. Content. Content in every situation. Content with God's provision in our lives. Content for everything that He's allowed to happen in our lives. Whether whether it's good or bad to us, it all works out for the good, for His purposes, right? That's what the Bible tells us. So we should be content. And, And the shepherd not only owns the sheep, he not only owns the sheep, but he also knows his sheep, right? He knows their different characteristics. He also knows their, their parents and their grandparents. He, he knows their sisters and their brother, brothers and their cousins. 
So the shepherd delivers the sheep, right? The shepherd knows uh, about uh, the cold nights. He knows about the hot days. Uh, and and if what happens with a sheep when, when it's hot outside or even in the cold times, uh, insects will start to embed themselves in the wool of the sheep. And a lot of times, uh, especially in their ears, and a lot of times it'll, uh, it'll, it'll cause them to, to go a little crazy. They'll, they'll get a little nuts, I guess. Uh, but uh, the, the, the insects will embed themselves in their wool, and the, and the shepherd knows about that. He knows it. And so he, he also does what with the sheep? He counts them. Right? That's one of his responsibilities. He looks after them. He makes sure they're not lost or, or gone astray. So our good shepherd, Jehovah-Rohi, makes his, makes his sheep his number one responsibility. Right? He cares for them to the point that he will lay down his life for them. Everything we need as Christians is found in Jehovah-Rohi. All right? I, I'm glad that, that there's some people in here that that have good jobs. Some of you in here um, have strong families. Um, but listen, your life circumstances, um, that's not what you need. You know, you won't find what you need in your job. You won't find what you need in your family dynamic. Your life circumstances, no matter how good they may be, you're not gonna, they're not gonna shepherd you perfectly, right? God's the perfect good shepherd. He's the perfect good show. He loves us, and all we need is Him. Amen? All right, as sheep, we don't need to know the terrain either. As sheep, we don't need to know the terrain. It's not necessary for us to know the terrain. The sheep weren't expected to know. Uh, they weren't expected to memorize a map of Judea back then. They, they, they didn't know where they'd be grazing at tomorrow. They had no clue. Their responsibility was to stay close to the shepherd. That's what they had to do. So raise your hand if, if you know, raise your hand if you know that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. You know that, all right? But, but, can, but can you then continue and say, I shall not want? If you know him as your shepherd, you shouldn't need or want anything. Are you content in him? Are you content? Are you finding your sufficiency in Christ alone? So our shepherd cares for our needs. Here's point two. Our shepherd cares for our food. Our shepherd cares for our food. Verse two says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. So the green pastures are there for the sheep to feed on, right? His sheep, <clears throat> we find those green pastures. Well, for us as his sheep, where do we find those green pastures? In his word. That's our green pastures. We read and we chew on his word. God's word is vital for our spiritual life. It's vital for our spiritual health and it's vital for our well-being as his sheep. <clears throat> all God's children should, uh, well, no, not, not should, will. All God's children will have a hunger for his word. Because sheep have a hunger for sheep food, right? They have a hunger for grass. Listen, it, this might cut you, and if it does, I'm going to ask you to repent today if it cuts you. Truth is, anyone who doesn't desire the Word of God may not be a true sheep. May not be a true child of God. Because what? Look, babies love milk, right? Babies love milk, sheep love grass, and Christians love the Word of God. Amen? Amen. 
Philip Keller, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I, 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 this week as I studied, one of my main study points was to read a book that he wrote on the 23rd Psalm. And I highly recommend you go get it if you, if you, if you uh, can find it somewhere. Uh, but here's what he says. He says, it's difficult to get sheep to lie down unless they are free of all fear. This can be, they can be so easily disturbed that even a stray rabbit jumping from behind a bush can cause a flock to stampede. And when one sheep jumps, the others follow without even investigating the commotion. And as I already said, sheep have no defense strategy, right? All they can do is run when danger comes. And they're not very fast runners. I mean, one, one wild dog in a night can, can kill probably 100 sheep because they can't run very fast. So sheep are, are really in a whole lot more danger than they realize. But the truth is, <clears throat> and it's true for us just as it is for, for sheep, but there's nothing that calms a sheep as much as the presence of the shepherd. Nothing will calm a sheep as much as the presence of the shepherd. As long as they hear his voice and, and, and they can eat to their heart's content and then lie down and rest, the sheep will be secure. They'll fear, feel secure when they hear the voice of the shepherd. But for them to be truly content, they have to be free from hunger. For them to be truly content, they have to be free from hunger. That's why David wrote, he makes me lie down in green pastures. The pastures are the product of hard work. Or the product of hard work. Uh, the shepherd goes and he works. He clears the soil. He, uh, he he tears out bushes and stumps and roots, and then he he plows the soil and seeds it and he irrigates it and waters it. And and if the sheep are gonna eat and enjoy green pastures, then the shepherd has some work to do, right? When the grass is scarce, what do the sheep do? They wander. When the grass is scarce, they're gonna they're gonna be on the move. They're gonna always be on the move, searching for another clump of grass here or there. And so the sheep that wander never thrive. Sheep that wander from place to place to place never thrive, will never thrive. They're discontent and if they're, they're of no use to their owners. A good shepherd provides grass so that the flock can fill up quickly. That's what a good shepherd does. And here's something else. You don't have to tell sheep to love grass. You, ain't gotta, you don't have to tell them to love grass. You don't have to tell a baby to love milk. And you don't have to tell a believer to love the Word of God. God's given us everything we need in His Word. He's given us all that we need. Sheep feed when they have a nice grassy field to, feel, to, to, to feed on. And as believers, we should feed because we've got a buffet right here right. in His Word. God gives us the gift of faith, right? Hebrews 12.2 says all, He's the author and finisher of our faith. And that occurs when? When we're converted. But he also continues past that. He continues uh, the work of strengthening our faith, strengthening our faith throughout uh, our living, our life, our Christian life. He works to, to clear away the, the rocks of unbelief. He tears out the stumps of bitterness. He takes away the bushes of, of our, uh, our own self, our self-desires and our self-will. And then he sows the seeds of the Word of God. And then his work is watered by the Holy Spirit. So he makes us a place. He make what he does is he makes for us a place called what? Contentment. Contentment. So our shepherd cares for our needs. Our shepherd cares for our food. Here's the next point. Our shepherd cares for our health. Our shepherd cares for our health. Text says he leads me beside still waters. Sheep need clean water. Right? They need food, they need grass, but they also need clean water. 
if they're going to be healthy and survive. Without water, there's there's dehydration, there's weakness. When sheep are thirsty, they, they try to find water on their own. They'll wander away. And, and look, they'll drink from any old dirty water hole. Even if the, if the shepherd is leading them to clean drinking water, and it's a trek they've made time and time and time again, they know they're going to a clean water hole. They'll stop along the journey and drink from a mud hole. That's just what they do. And uh, the point of that is that if we're believers, if we're children of God, Jesus is the good shepherd, right? He's our good shepherd. He's leading us. We're his sheep. He, and he's not leading us by the law. He's not leading us by the law, but he leads us by his word and by his example. So we would never come to these still waters that David writes about if we didn't have the good shepherd leading us there. We'd never come to him. And just like the sheep that we are, what do we do? Jesus leads us by his, by his word, by his example, and he leads us to these still waters, and some of us still dr- stop and drink the filthy water of the world. We still do it. Psalms 46.4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So what that means is it means that Jesus himself, our shepherd, is the pure river where all his sheep drink freely. He leads his sheep to still waters. All right, and, and he's, it's the still waters of Scripture. It's the still waters of His example, and He causes His belief, He causes His sheep to to wade and wade through and drink from and and swim in the truth of the gospel. That's what Jesus does, and all those who are thirsty are invited to come and drink, and invited to come to these waters. Right? That's what Isaiah 55 says. It says, "Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters." So the clean water is what His Word. The clean water is his word. He leads us there to drink from and be refreshed by his word. Our spiritual health relies on it. It's dependent on it. If we stop and drink from the filthy water of the world too much, we'll get spiritually sick. And we're going to do it, but we can't keep doing it. right? We can't get all of our water from a mud hole. We can't do it. So our shepherd cares for our needs. Our shepherd cares for our food. Our shepherd cares for our health. And here's the last one. Our shepherd cares for our healing. Our shepherd cares for our healing. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Y'all know it's, it's not just lost people who feel hopeless, right? Christians, we, we feel hopeless sometimes, too. Christians feel that way. And, and, and I tell you, a lot of times in my life, perfect example. Uh, i got a bunch of examples in my life that I can tell you where it seemed like God wasn't working for me, but he was working against me. I mean, it's just the way I felt at the time. And it's times where I felt so weak that, that, that nothing I did seemed to matter. Right? We've all been there. We've all felt like that. We get in those places in our lives where, where we don't rely on our faith. Right, we we try to understand and we try to reason with the circumstances of our lives. You know, when 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 Buffy tells us that we got some terrible disease, that maybe it's gonna kill us. Times like that, when when friends betray us, close friends betray us, we lose a job, we we our marriages struggle, or we feel too weak or depressed to to spend time with God and talk to Him and pray. What's God doing when it appears like He's doing nothing? What is God doing when it appear, it appears like He's doing nothing? David says in the text that he restores my soul. That's what he's doing. He restores my soul. 
That word restore means to, to bring back to one's former position. So it's God's way of, of bringing us back to where we belong, right? Some sheep need to be turned around. Some sheep get lost a lot. They got a habit of that. A lot of times sheep will be interested in, in one clump of grass, right? They'll get interested in one clump of grass and then they just follow their nose. They get interested in another clump, then another one, and then another one. And then they've gotten far away. They've, they've strayed away. And so they need to be brought back to the sheepfold when that happens. David said, the shepherd will restore my soul. And the good shepherd himself, Jesus, said in Matthew 18, he said, What do you think? If man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more. He rejo rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine that never went astray. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Some of you may have heard of this guy, but his name's he's a Christian man named Robert Robinson. And uh, at one point in his life, he was he was real close to God, right? But but like most of us, we, he he uh, he went astray. He wandered away, he, spiritually and morally, wandered away from God. Well, he was traveling, uh, I guess, in his work. He was traveling, and as he was sitting in an airport somewhere, he um, he met a nice woman, a Christian woman, um, and she could tell as they were talking and, and, and having conversations, she could tell something was wrong with him. But rather than asking what was wrong with him, she decided that she was just going to encourage him. And see, she was a Christian woman, a fairly new Christian woman, and uh, she had just learned a new hymn. And so she took the words of that hymn, and she spoke them to him to encourage him. She said to him, she said, Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. He too rescued, he too rescued me from danger, interposed his precious blood. And the guy, Robinson, Robert Robinson, he started crying and sobbing uh, almost uncontrollably. And the woman got concerned while he was sobbing, and he had to admit to her that he was the one that wrote the hymn years earlier. God used his own song as a means of restoration. Listen to the next verse. Y'all know it, but I want to just, just listen to the next verse. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Have you ever wandered from God? The word says, whoever God loves, he chastens. So God loves you too much to let you keep wandering. If you're his child, he loves you way too much to let you keep wandering. <clears throat> but I know we all have spiritual wounds, right? We all have wounds in our lives and in our heart. If there's bitterness or fear or desire for things of the world, listen, our good shepherd can restore your soul. He can and he will. He can heal your sickness, whatever it is. He said, the text says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For what? For His name's sake. Not for our comfort and contentment. Not for anything that would have to do with us. But it's for His name's sake. For His glory. So are you wandering from Christ in any area of your life? Any area of your life? 
David said in Psalm 119, verse 67, he says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And then just a few verses later in verse 71, he said, It's good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. So if a, if a sheep develops a, uh, a habit of going straight too much, you know what the shepherd does? Breaks his leg, that's right. If a sheep stra- uh, sh- uh, sh- strays too much, the shepherd will break his leg, he'll make a splint, and then he'll carry the crippled sheep close to him. He'll carry him everywhere he has to take him. And the sheep has to wait for, for the, sher- the, the, the shepherd to carry him across the terrain to the, to the waters. He has to carry him to the grass to eat. And so finally, after the sheep leg, after his leg gets healed, hopefully the lesson's learned, right? God's not breaking our leg, but he sure is taking us out behind the woodshed if he has to. Now, you've heard people say, I found the Lord back in 1990. Right? We know what they mean when they say that, but they aren't actually looking for Christ, are they? They're not looking for him. Christ came looking for them. No one, John 6:44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one seeks after God. Paul said in Romans 3:11, but I can assure you he's calling for you and he's seeking for you. You may not be looking for him, but he's looking for you. So <clears throat> As I start to wrap this up this morning, um, I um, I want you to um, I want to share something with you real quick. Um, there's no there, there there's more grace in God's heart than there is sin in our past. Amen. Yeah. If you've strayed from the from the sheepfold. God will restore you this morning. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. I said it earlier, but Lord, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't travel this life. We couldn't live this life without your guidance. We couldn't. We'd be lost, Lord. We, we, we're just like sheep. That's why you compared us to the sheep. We're stupid. We get lost. We have no sense of direction. We have no sense of anything, God. We need you. We have to rely on you. You're the one that provides everything. And so, Lord, I pray that you would, that, that we would all, any of us that have ever strayed, if we may be strayed right now from the sheepfold, Lord, restore us back. Restore our souls. Restore us back to the fold this morning. Lord, if there be any amongst us today that are living outside the sheepfold that you intend to come into the sheepfold, uh, God, I pray that their eyes are open this morning. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So, there's there's more grace in God's heart than there is sin in our past. There's enough grace to cover the sin of, uh, of breaking any of God's commandments. And today, the Good Shepherd, Jehovah Rohi, is searching for you. He is. He's searching for you. He, he gave his life for you. Jesus, the Good Shepherd's purpose is, is to give his life and protect the sheep from destruction. Why did Jesus need to give his life for our protection? It's simple because we've sinned. 
All of us, every one of us. We've all sinned, and by our sin we're lost, right? Every one of us. We, we won't enter heaven if we don't accept, the, the, accept Jesus as the good shepherd. His blood was shed as payment for our sins, and then, and then he was resurrected. He was raised the third day. And he lives as our shepherd, our good shepherd today. Listen, when we receive this gift, when we receive it, when we believe that he did this for us, we're saved from paying that debt ourselves. We are. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. John 6.33 says, The true bread of God is, is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So have you received the life that he offers? Have you received the life that he offers? We've sinned and deserve his judgment. Every one of us. But in his love, God the Father sent his only son to satisfy that judgment for all those that would believe in him. So the eternal son of God lived a sinless life and he loved us so much that he died for our sins. Taking the punishment that we deserved, he was buried and then rose from the dead the third day according to the scriptures. So if you truly believe and trust in your heart, then receiving Jesus alone as your Savior and declaring Jesus as Lord, you'll be saved from that judgment. You'll be saved from it, and you'll spend eternity with God the Father in heaven. So I'll say as we close, come to this time of invitation, you can all stand. But if you feel God drawing you to himself this morning, maybe he's nudging you to return and to rejoin the sheepfold and to get closer to him. I just say, whatever you feel, be, be obedient this morning. Let's have a conversation about salvation if we need to. Let's, let's have a conversation about baptism or church membership. Um, maybe you want to come to the altar and repent and cry out to him in repentance. Buffy or I, either one will pray with you or you can pray alone, whatever you feel. I mean, whatever. But just be obedient to what you feel this morning.